Johnny Nordstrom, and welcome to Season 5 of the Getting Into Good Trouble podcast, where we get into good trouble so you don't have to. Each podcast episode will explore an ongoing or recently resolved international protest. This episode of the Getting Into Good Trouble podcast will focus on the Haitian gang violence and how it is impacting the citizens of Haiti. I'm here with my co-hosts, Jesse and Molly. Hey, I'm Jesse. And I'm Molly. I'm also joined by Sienna and Jalen. They interviewed our expert and are going to provide some takeaways from the interview. Hey, I'm Sienna. And I'm Jalen. Now I'm going to pass this on to our co-host to give us some background information. Thanks, Johnny. Since 2020, Port-au-Prince, the capital of Haiti, has been the site of a continuous gang war involving two major criminal groups as well as their allies. The government of Haiti has had an ongoing struggle to maintain control over its capital with gangs reportedly controlling up to 90% of the city by 2023, with a reported 2,500 deaths due to gang violence. The former Haitian president, Jovenel Moïse, was assassinated on July 7, 2021. It is suspected he was killed by a group of 28 people who were mainly Colombian. This caused the gangs to grow immensely. As of 2022, it is estimated that almost 200 gangs are in operation all across Haiti, and half of them occupy in Port-au-Prince. Now I'll pass this to Jalen to introduce our interview. Thanks, Jesse. In an effort to empathize with the situation, in Haiti, we had the opportunity to talk to Miss Bastion, a current parent of a student here at Mount Vernon. She's lived in Haiti and still has connections there, such as family and friends. Through a key insight, she helped us take a peek of what life truly is like in Haiti as of right now. Through asking Miss Bastion about how and why the gangs are so prevalent, we realized that the capital of Haiti, Port-au-Prince, is the place that is being most affected by gang violence. So he, we posed to her the question, why is Port-au-Prince the helm of it all? That's where it started. So that's where you had the street kids. This is the only place where you had all those street kids. This is where they, they were. You had street kids that are armed. This is where um, you have the slums in the, the extremely poor areas. It, it's in part of it, in some small um, um, areas um, in part of it. So, so um, it grew there. And um, to go to the other small town to do that is, kind of it's it's pretty much impossible because first of all you don't have the street kids and if you have a couple it's not enough to turn into a big gang and um and second everybody knows everybody so so strangers are not welcome to just come over and do whatever they want and and port of france is considered the capital right and this is where you have commerce you have the entire economy of um if in the government is concentrated. Um, there's a movement of let's move to Port-au-Prince for everything in Haiti. And um, so many families would send their children to university there. The major universities are there. Um, the big businesses are there. That's where you go for a career mainly. Um, so with that, you have people that cannot afford to be in Port-au-Prince that should have probably been back home um, that are still living there below, below their, above their means and become really poor. And then you have these children on the street. And then there's not an organized social security or childcare services that our government provides. So they depend on people like you and I that open, who, who open, a, who opens a, I would say, uh, uh, um, places for um, children that are abandoned are only taken care of by non-governmental um, organizations or private individuals. 
So there's there's no system for them. So it it continues to grow. So while these children that I spoke about in the nineties turn into these terrible gang members, they are more growing okay. younger that are now in training to to continue that. I found it so impactful the way she talked about how it is the children who are the ones being affected by the gangs. The children living on the streets are being sucked into these gangs because they feel they have no other choice and they have no social services for these kids. Port-au-Prince is so susceptible because they are the only place in Haiti that has these slums that welcome strangers. Port-au-Prince has such a diverse range of economic classes, ranging from poverty to wealth. These street children who get taken in and grow up in the gangs expand it. And it is a never-ending cycle of these street children joining gangs and eventually getting more street children to join. While researching, we also found that there was a big resistance taking place there in the form of the Bois Kale movement, in which in an effort to lessen the amount of gang violence in their community, citizens decided to take violent matters into their own hands. So the question we asked in response to this information was, how do you feel about the impact the Bois Kale movement had on Haiti? Because it could become a gang. So chaos is never the answer, right? And Wakali was chaos, but it was one, one, one good, one reaction to the gang controlling people's lives so much and terrorizing them so much that the street folks or people um, that are that don't have any resource and uh, they're not able to even have a a market day they're not even ha able to have school they're not even um so they they grew frustrated the people right and um, these people that were so controlled by the gang for so long became angry and they felt they needed to take matter into their own hands and, and and go over and find them and kill them with their own hands so that turned them into something that they are not um it, you know it's a they turn they look as if a good, a big group of criminals walking over and grabbing people and kill them. Um, and there's no telling when a group of people is doing that, that there is a leader that wasn't, or there is somebody who's the voice of reason who say, hey, is this person really a gang member that wasn't? So um, we, with a movement like that, that comes with so much chaos, um, that wasn't controlled and that had a desire to kill um it was it it was a dangerous movement um it did um however cost the life of many gang members and that caused the gangs to kind of um, move back more into those strongholds not so much continue to aggressively continue to take on new territory it did help for a period of time um but the government had to say you know we cannot we cannot just stand back and watch the people just uh, roll over and go kill whoever they feel like killing. Yeah. It's not how we would like to um, to bring a solution to what's going on. So it it did give um, the people that were so controlled by violence some satisfaction that they did react and they did some something back to those that were doing it to them, but it was uncontrolled and it was dangerous. 
So as you heard from her, the Bawak Kail movement was a dangerous movement, as there was no voice of reason or leader during it. The only thing that controlled them was rage, which was the fuel to their murderous fire. But it did cause good, or rather preferred, reaction with the gangs, since in response to their members getting killed by civilians, the gangs started focusing more on their strongholds rather than taking over new land. Now we saved this question for last in our interview because we wanted a completely honest answer. And we also wanted to completely understand her answer. If we had come out in this interview and just asked her this question right off the bat, we wouldn't have understood her answer as well as we did after listening to her story and understanding what is happening in Haiti. We hope this has the same effect for all of you as it did on us. For our final question, we asked Ms. Bastian, what do you think the citizens of Haiti need most right now? Right now, um, to you guys, um, great. So I like that, that you, you, it's a Christian school, so I know a lot of you pray. So first, really, when you're praying, is to asking God to do more for Haiti. And um, that's one thing. But second, though, this conversation, the fact that, you are listening you 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 are having other conversations it's not you're not Haitian but you heard in the news and it draw your attention you're like that's truly a problem it's a small country with with this kind of gang issues there's no way they'll be able to go forward and this is so true so so the gang the gang has to get under control in order for us to have any any um normalcy I know a lot of friends of mine who stayed in Haiti who did not want to leave and they wanted to serve there. And they're not able to do much right now because of the limits that the gangs impose on the daily life. So that's the first control. Second is to organize themselves again in a good working government where you would have all of the chambers working and uh, go back to our constitutional way and having all the departments. Education is going to be key. And um, any organization who wants to go to Haiti to help once we have enough safety is going to have to grow a new generation. And it has to start at the schools, um, train everybody, have, have most of the people have access to education and, um, and give them profession, things that they can do to become self-sufficient. So um, then... Um, healthcare, and all of the other stuff. But, you know, the basic is that we need to be able to attend to all of these things and getting the gangs out of the way is the first answer. And with the gangs come, you know, drug lords and all those firearms that are um, taking over the country, all of these things have to be removed first um, in order for us to have a way forward kind of crippled the country, they, they crippled the country. There are four things I wanted to highlight in her answer. Number one, they need to organize themselves as a functioning government with working chambers, as this has been, this has been the main reason why the gangs in Port-au-Prince have become stronger. The second thing that we wanted to highlight was that when Jayla and Sienna were talking to her about how these games, gangs came to be, Ms. Baston had explained how since the kids came from low-income homes, they couldn't receive a good education, if any at all. Because of this, they became easy targets for the gangs as they were uneducated. So by giving kids a good education, it will stop the cycle of gangs picking up kids off the streets. The third takeaway is that the citizens of Haiti ask for prayer. Um, Haiti is a very religious place, while, um, with the most common religion being Roman Catholic. Catholic. 
and talking to Miss Bastion, she talked about how the music and the uh, religious songs that are being produced now aren't talking about how sad they are and how they've given up, but how strong they will become and how this situation is making them stronger as a country, as um, individuals. And so the people of Haiti just ask for prayer and keep them in your thoughts. The last takeaway we had, and the most important one, is that they need you to help spread the word on their situation because they're a small country that doesn't get mentioned much on TV or the news. And I know our tagline suggests we spread the word for you, but I encourage you to, whenever you can, try to get involved in any good trouble you experience, whether that could be something in local or something global, because by doing so, you'll be able to contribute to the enlightening of social and economic problems that were held under the rug too long. Back to you, Johnny. Thank you for listening to the Getting Into Good Trouble podcast, where we get into good trouble so you don't have to. Stay tuned for more episodes about protests around the world.